Hi everyone, my name is Ryan Alexander and I serve as the lead pastor at Hosanna. As we've been saying for years, we believe the Lord led you here. And we hope that what you hear today will encourage you to take a step forward in your faith journey and help you look more like Jesus. After today's message, I encourage you to download the Hosanna app for more opportunities to connect and grow. Here's today's message. My name is Ryan Alexander, and I serve as the lead pastor uh, here at Hosanna. And whether you're joining us online or at one of our four campuses, uh, we're so glad you're here. And I, I do know there's at least one person, not going to have you stand, okay? We don't do that here, but is here for the first time. And it's good for me to remember that, especially as someone who's been going to church my whole life, that some people every week, actually, are coming for the first time or they're coming back. Um, and that's something to celebrate. Can we celebrate that? So welcome if this is your very first time or one of your first times. We just stepped into the season of Lent uh, at Hosanna. Um, it's the, the six weeks or 40 days, not counting Sundays, leading up to Easter. It's the time we prepare our hearts for the big celebration of the resurrection. But, but in order for the resurrection, resurrection to have the full impact that God wants us uh, to experience, we have to remember why Jesus died on the cross and had to overcome all of that to rise again. And we celebrate, and we will. And, and every year for 40 plus years now at Hosanna, Lent has been uh, a rich season. It's been a meaningful season, uh, a fruitful season. And I know that's gonna be the case uh, this year as, as well. Uh, the word that, that God seemed to be giving me to describe Lent this year, maybe especially, is regroup regroup, that, that uh, Lent has always been a time for us to regroup spiritually, to regroup as a church. I think that's happening. People are starting to regroup uh, as, as the church and, and a, a time to regroup, most importantly, around Jesus. And so our Lenten series, usually uh, we're always talking about Jesus around here. And, and if you're new to Hosanna, you'll find uh, that we talk a whole lot about Jesus. Uh, but especially, even more so during Lent, we, we just hone in on some aspect of Jesus' life, death, or resurrection, the gospel. And this year, uh, we are doing a series called A Way Forward. A Way Forward. I just feel prompted to let those words kind of hover out there for a moment. Hang out there. A Way Forward. I mean, isn't that what we are longing for? especially right now, after this past year and all the uncertainty and anxiety around this past year, a way forward. A way forward uh, in terms of the extremism in our culture right now. May that be exposed for what it is. Extreme social division, extreme political polarization, extreme a way forward, a way forward in the midst of a present kind of cultural reality of religious expressions that are extreme and politicized and have gotten way off course with what God had in mind. And it's turning people off to religion right and left, like real religion, people being turned off to it. And then and then, of course, you know, there is a real pervasive, aggressive secularism that is trying to take the place of real religion. All that's going on, a way forward. It's like this era of just black and white. Everything is black and white, binary choices. You're right, 
or I'm right and you're wrong. I'm right and you're wrong. I heard someone say recently that once everything becomes politicized, it's over. There's just no way forward because everything we say is like, well, that's because you believe that politically or that's because you believe that. You wear a mask or you don't wear a mask because when that happens, culturally, as a society, it's, oh, there's no way forward. It's total gridlock. Are we there? Now, I just described the reality of the 21st century, but I could have just as easily been describing the first century in an area called Palestine that had become completely gridlocked by extremism, by division, by cultural wars and conflict. And in the first century in Palestine, in the midst of all that, very similar to our reality now in the 21st century, a voice emerged, a different sounding voice, a voice that was offering a different kind of kingdom than everything else in this world, a voice that was actually offering a way forward beyond the chaos and conflict and gridlock. The voice was the voice of Jesus of Nazareth. And he brought a revolutionary voice. Make no mistake about it. Jesus came to bring a revolution in the first century, and he comes to bring a revolution in the 21st century. And he taught his followers to pray this prayer. The whole thing is called the Lord's Prayer, but part of the Lord's Prayer was, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So this kingdom that Jesus taught his followers to pray and to live was a kingdom that was literally from out of this world. Heaven on earth. Distinctly, categorically different kind of kingdom than anything else that the world has to offer. Jesus loved talking about the kingdom. In fact, you could say that it was his favorite topic, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about it all the time. You read through the gospels, you'll see it. It just starts jumping off the page. The kingdom of God. It was, there was no topic he talked about more. And, and so in this series, we are going to talk about that very kingdom and look at some of the ways that Jesus talked about the kingdom and pointed to the kingdom that he was so passionate about. Now, growing up uh, in the Seattle area, some of you know this, I wasn't as passionate about God's kingdom, but I was passionate about something else, the kingdom, all right? Now, if you grew up in Minnesota, you can, you can put your, your you know, metrodome in there. But for me, I, I grew up um, just loving going to games in the kingdom, it's where the Seattle Mariners, the Seattle Seahawks played from 1976 to 2000. I have lots of memories of going to games there with my dad and my friends and my brother. And, uh, and I get to talk about so many memories. In fact, how much time do we have? No. But, but the highlight for me was 1995 when the Seattle Mariners, who hadn't been to the playoffs for 20, almost 20 years of existence, 
uh, finally clinched a playoff berth, a one-game playoff against the California Angels at the time. I was in college. Uh, I skipped classes, of course, to go to the game, and I've been waiting for this my whole life, right? So by the end, it was really clear that they were going to win. I was, I was in college, so I paid for cheap seats up way up in the 300 level, worked my way all the way down by the end of the ninth inning on the very edge of the railing. Last out, I jumped over the railing, ran through two police officers, I think I'm past the statute of limitations there. Started running around in left field like a crazy man. And eventually I was one of the first on. In fact, you can Google it or find it on YouTube. I was wearing a crimson sweat, a sweatshirt, okay? And uh, ran around. Then by, by the time it was all over, there were thousands of people celebrating this incredible victory that I had been waiting for my whole life. I didn't want it to ever end. But like all things in this world... It eventually did, right? They had to clear the field. And although it's still fun to think about today, the thrill of that moment, you know, isn't the same as it was then because all things in this world or all kingdoms, kingdoms in this world will eventually pass. In scripture, we find that there really are two, only two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of of God. If you read scripture, you find that all what we might call kingdoms or kingdoms, whatever our kingdom is, really fall under the same category, the kingdom of this world. The kingdom of this world. No matter what the political ideology that is building a kingdom, any of them, no matter what the philosophy, no matter what the, the social agenda, no matter what the uh, media platform, no matter what it is, it all fits the same script ultimately, the kingdom of this world. If it's not the kingdom of God, it is the kingdom of this world. It's the same script, just different versions of the same script. Have you ever been watching a movie and you go, hey, wait, I, just, I haven't quite seen this movie before, but I feel like I've seen this movie. You know what I'm saying? It's because movies pretty much follow the same storyline, right? There's a good guy, there's a bad guy, there's a girl that the good guy eventually, as we were, I was watching a movie with our youngest the other day, and he goes, why do the boy and girl always have to kiss, right? I've never watched a Hallmark movie, but I've been told that they're really all just the same story. Just different characters, different scenery. All kingdoms that we might follow, that we might build, kingdom of this world. And all the kingdoms of this world or kingdoms meet the same fate as the kingdom because it didn't last forever. In fact, in the year 2000, this happened to the kingdom right there. Imploded. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Some of you were thinking about the Metrodome in 2014. It was imploded, right? All kingdoms of the world which really are all the same script, will eventually implode. There's only one kingdom that will never implode. There's only one kingdom that lasts forever. There's only one kingdom that will take us forward forever. And it's the kingdom of God. Jesus contrast these two kingdoms, the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God in a passage found in Luke chapter six. So if you have your Bibles and you wanna open them up and join me, I'm gonna read through this passage. 
Luke chapter six, starting at verse 20. And as I read through this passage, I'm gonna read it all the way through. I would encourage you to start looking for the attributes and the values of these two kingdoms, the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God. They're known as the Beatitudes. Uh, these are also found in, in the Gospel of Matthew as well, in the Sermon on the Mount. This is Luke's Sermon on the Plain. Verse 20, then Jesus turned to his disciples, then and now, and said, God blesses you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. God blesses you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep now, for in due time you will laugh. What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of Man? When that happens, be happy, yes, leap for joy, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets the same way. And verse 24, what sorrow awaits you who are rich, for you have your only happiness now. What sorrow awaits you who are fat and prosperous now, for a time of awful hunger awaits you. What sorrow awaits you who laugh now, for your laughing will turn to mourning and sorrow. What sorrow awaits you who are praised by the crowds, for their ancestors also praise false prophets. Jesus clearly contrasts the kingdom of this world, whatever the kingdom, whatever the version of the kingdom of this world, versus the kingdom of God. Do you see the values and the attributes, the contrast? The kingdom of the world, we, we read that those of you who are rich, now money usually leads to power, right? Those who have more, the ones in power. Those who are fat and prosperous now, comfort. Those who laugh now. Now the, the Greek word laugh there means to gloat with success. And then those who are praised by the crowds. Recognition. The kingdom of the world. All kingdoms. Whatever the political ideology. Whatever the social agenda. Whatever. They all follow the same pattern about achievement and success and recognition for those in power. The kingdom of God, by contrast, talks about poverty or weakness, or I, I, I would put the word humility. Those who are hungry now, sacrifice. Those who weep now, loss. And those people who hate and exclude you, he summed up with this word, rejection. The kingdom of the world, all the different versions of the same script, and the kingdom of God. The values, the attributes of the kingdom of God, humility, sacrifice, loss, recognition, sign me up, right? If you, not all of you are, I realize that, but if you claim to be a follower of Jesus, a Christian, this is what we've signed up for. This is. Sign me up. 
Blessed are those. A Greek word there, it can mean content. Content are those who understand that in all of these experiences, there's something more going on, that God is present, that God is faithful. Cursed are those who think this is as good as it gets. Now this last one, rejection, I've just felt led to give a pastoral word because of everything that's playing out in our culture right now. This idea of rejection. That's part of walking in the kingdom of God, living in and from the kingdom of God. And I have noticed, and there's not a whole lot of this going out on Hosanna these days. It's just not who we are. But maybe you're listening later that there are, are a number of people who claim to be Christians, Christ followers, based on everything that's playing out culturally and politically, that are acting and talking a lot like victims right now. And, and, and victims start to play the blame game. They blame that political party or this political party or that media outlet or this media outlet or Hollywood or whatever. If that's you, I just want to say pastorally, you know, that you consider Hosanna your church home and that happens to describe you, very few of you. Here's what I would say. A, stop it. It's not who we are. We're not victims. We are victors. And there are people who have been really harmed who, who can claim to be victims, but I'm talking about the way things are playing out in our culture right now. Stop it. Not victims, we are victors in Christ. Can I get an amen to that? And the other thing I would say is, there's a whole lot of this going on too. Make sure you're being rejected by the right people. Rejection is part of the deal as Christians. It's part of the living in the kingdom of God. But Jesus was mostly rejected by religious people who claimed to be religious. People who weren't as religious, who, who maybe weren't religious at all, they kind of embraced him. But people who were religious, they rejected him. So I would say, you know, if you're being rejected by religious people, you might be on the right track as a follower of Jesus. So this is the kingdom of God. It's the only kingdom that will last forever, that won't implode. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, it seems ludicrous, right? Because these scripts are so strong. This script is so strong in every other kingdom or kingdom in the world right now. Well, it starts to make a little more sense when you discover where these two kingdoms are headed. They're headed to two very different places. And Jesus tells us, one of them is headed toward temporary pleasure. The other is headed toward endless fulfillment. And you read Jesus in his words here in the Beatitudes, if you have power now, comfort now, success now, temporary pleasure. If you want it all and you want it now, you can have it, but it's temporary. It will eventually implode. But the kingdom of God, great is the reward that awaits those endless fulfillment, both in the sense that it goes on forever the kingdom of God is the only one that extends into eternity and never ends. It is also a source of endless fulfillment. Abundant life now. Getting beyond all the 
self-driven stuff and living beyond that into the kingdom of God. You kind of have to taste the difference to know why this is worth pursuing above this. To taste the difference. It doesn't make sense until you taste it. I was thinking about, well, what's an example here? One that we can all just kind of daydream about. It would be like the difference between eating cheese curds at the state fair and cheese curds at like the gas station or something. And if all you've had is cheese curds at the gas station, you don't know any different. But if you've had cheese curds at the state fair, whew, his mouth is watering right now. It's just nice to dream about being there. Hopefully we can be, right? It's nice to dream about temperatures over 15 degrees too. Once you've tasted cheese curds at the state fair, there's no going back. There's no comparison. Jen and I have some friends who are increasingly living in and from the kingdom of God. This past year, they, um, at separate times, both left their jobs. They, you know, during this whole COVID, they willingly left their jobs. Now, I realize that's not always possible. It's not always advisable. So I'm not saying everyone should do that. I'm not planning to do that. But, but for them, they realized that their jobs were draining their souls, were draining their marriage, were draining their family. And while on the surface, it seemed crazy, uh, on the surface, it seemed like they were making a bad decision it was a step of faith, of trust. It was a step away from this kingdom and a step toward the kingdom of God. And they could do that because the values and the attributes of the kingdom of this world had less of a grip on them and increasingly the values and the attributes of the kingdom of God had a grasp on their hearts or grasped their hearts. And now they both have different jobs that allow their lives to be healthier, their marriage, their family, their souls. Throughout all of that, they continue to ask, how can we be generous to others? How can we sacrifice? How can we you know, serve others, including us? They served us through that. They're great examples of what it looks like to live from the kingdom of God. But you know the perfect example is the king of this kingdom. Jesus, who in humility, even though he was God, became human, considered others, you and me, better than himself. Jesus, who sacrificed his status in heaven to come to earth. Jesus, who lost his very life on the cross. Jesus, who was rejected by all the religious people and just about everybody else as he hung on the cross. Jesus is the, the perfect example. And he didn't choose the way of temporary pleasure. He chose the way of endless fulfillment. And as Jesus' followers, we are called. Scripture says, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Away from here and toward here. But if Jesus is only an example for us, he's the perfect example. But if he's only an example for us, we're in trouble. 
Because unlike Jesus, who was, in addition to being fully human, was fully God, we are not fully God. And the forces of this script are strong, pulling us in. Build your kingdom. Build your kingdom. I was talking to a pastor recently. It's so challenging these days, he said, because my people are being discipled by the media five to six hours a day, by Fox News, by CNN News, by Facebook, by Twitter, by whatever, right, left in. They're being discipled by versions of this kingdom constantly. But God's kingdom is breaking through. And we, who have a tendency to build our own kingdoms, thinking they'll last forever, Jesus, fortunately, if we were on our own, we'd be in trouble, but fortunately, he doesn't come to just show us the way. He is the way. He is the way for us to increasingly be living beyond this kingdom and living in his kingdom of endless fulfillment. Because he does come in humility, in weakness, to sacrifice his very life, to lose his life, to be rejected so that we can live beyond the temporary pleasure and into endless fulfillment. And he's done it all for us. It's a free gift. We're invited into the kingdom of God. Come on, do you hear the voice? At some point, we've got to respond. We've got to choose. Is it gonna be the kingdom? All the kingdoms of this world, the kingdoms of this world are the same script. Or is it gonna be the kingdom of God? Is it gonna be the way of this world? Or maybe another way to say it is, my will be done. Or is it going to be a way forward, which is thy will be done? And choosing that kingdom is simply this. Nothing more, nothing less than just saying yes to Jesus. For the first time, once again, every day, choosing his kingdom. And if you've never said yes to Jesus, we would love... Um, to encourage you to do that, invite you to do that. You can do it even today when I pray at the end of the message, if you feel led. You tell someone, a friend, a staff member, maybe let us know on our website. We've got a button that says, say yes to Jesus. And we'd love to come alongside you and support you in that journey as we walk in and from the kingdom of God together. And here's the thing about this kingdom. It's not some far off place. Sometimes we think it's some this far off place or far off time. Jesus, his very first, some of his very first words were, the kingdom of heaven is near. It's now, it's here because he has come. He is here. The king has ushered in the kingdom of God. And it can be our reality today because it's near. So this Lent, we're gonna regroup and we're gonna... We're gonna to join together every week of this series. Don't miss a week of this series. We need the whole picture, this kingdom. We're gonna to fast together and invite you to join us in fasting. We'll be talking more and more about that to practice sacrifice. I can tell you what I'm doing. 
Some of you know that I, I struggled with insomnia, bout of insomnia for three to four weeks. And God did a lot of really important work in my heart during that time. I don't know if he causes insomnia, but I do know he works for the good in all things for those who love him. And one of the outcomes was, Ryan, you're good at giving me your mornings because I, I love the mornings. I spend time with him. So I want you to give me your nights as well. I usually will kind of put myself to sleep by reading some sports articles, yes, about the Mariners or the Seahawks, right? He said, no, put yourself to bed reading from my word in prayer. So I'm gonna fast from sports articles at night and spend time in his word before I go to bed. And by the way, thanks for all your prayers. I'm sleeping better. You have, you're such a loving congregation. But God is doing some good work there. And he'll do some good work in us as we go through this season of Lent. And lastly, pray. Pray the Lord's Prayer, even. Pray however you feel led to pray, but pray the Lord's Prayer every, every day. Imagine what would happen if we did that this entire season of Lent and then emphasize those words. Thy kingdom come. On earth as it is in heaven, make heaven a reality on this earth now. All the kingdoms of this world will implode, but the kingdom of God will last forever. May it come now in my life in our community, in our church, in our country, in our world. It's our only hope. It is the only way forward. And if you want to come along on this journey, join me now as we, as we pray. God, we thank you for coming, not just to show us the way, Lord Jesus, but to be the way. that you are the way that, that we can enter in to escape the, the kingdoms of this world that are so enticing, have such a grip on us, that are loud and screaming at us daily, five, six hours a day, more. But you are victorious over all of that. You have won the victory, the cross and the resurrection You've made it possible for us to hear your voice emerging and rising above all the rest. Not just in the first century, but in the 21st century, you are the way forward. And so we bring our kingdoms to you. We bring our kingdoms, the version of the kingdom of this world that we are following, are living by, living from. It's, it affects all of us. No matter where we fall on the spectrum culturally or politically, all the kingdoms of this world are the same old kingdom, same old script, same old story. But your kingdom is a different story. It is the only story of endless fulfillment. And we say yes. We say yes to you, King Jesus. We say yes to your kingdom come, your will be done. We say yes as a church. May nothing stand in the way of us being a part of what you are doing to bring your kingdom to this earth. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen.